Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When the Bender Tavern opened for business in 1872, no one knew what this mysterious family was cooking up. The average person coming by would think that it was actually a nice homestead. It's very nice to meet you, Henry. What their guests don't know is that this little tavern on the prairie is really a house of horrors. The tavern was a trap. And what was waiting at the end of that trap was certain death. Out on the open plains of the Old West, no one can hear you scream. I can't think of another instance like this, where a family of four are made up of psychopaths. The family descended in a feeding frenzy onto his body. This was as bloody and as brutal as you could get. We don't have to exaggerate. Tell the truth and it's bad enough. The Osage Trail in southeastern Kansas is the best way for settlers to head west. But today, an angry group of men have only one destination in mind. A legion of men descended on the Bender Tavern outside of Cherryville, Kansas. They were led by a man named Colonel Ed York, who had come there for a specific purpose. He was looking for his missing brother. Colonel York's brother hasn't been seen for days, and he's certain the Bender Tavern has something to do with the disappearance. The Bender Place was the equivalent of a modern-day interstate rest stop. People who were traveling west could stop in and have something to eat. However, the interior of the tavern suggests a very different operation has been underway for a long time. The smell was sickening. Something extremely terrible had taken place 
and this seemingly normal wayside stop on the Kansas prairie. A more disturbing scene awaits the men in the backyard. Colonel York was filled with dread when he saw a plot of earth that was disturbed. Some of the men had brought along metal rods that they shoved into the ground. And as they pulled the rods out of the ground, they found rotten flesh and decayed clothing on the ends of it. Colonel York and his men will uncover one of the most gruesome crime sprees ever committed in American history. In Kansas, they say the sky is their ocean and the possibilities are limitless. The state was a symbol of hope and renewal for a country recently shattered by the Civil War. The South was just absolutely devastated. And the government had opened up new parts of Kansas that were formerly occupied by the Osage Indians. The land was now open for homesteading, so people were invited to come out and make a stake. If you farmed or developed the land for a certain amount of time, you owned it. Kansas was not for the weak of heart. This was for people who were willing to work hard to make a go of it. It was a journey into the unknown. There was one main thoroughfare to reach this fertile new land, now up for grabs. The Osage Mission Trail was one of the busiest transportation roads taking settlers west to Kansas and Oklahoma and to that region at the time. Now, one of the things that you need to know about Kansas during that time, Kansas had been brutal, and it had been brutal for several years. I mean, it was a, a rough haul to get out here and homestead, especially the prairie. It was not a friendly place to be. In the summer of 1871, a new family appeared on the plains of southeastern Kansas. The Bender family were Germans. Father John, known as Pa, Mother Elmira, known as Ma, their son John Jr., and their daughter Kate. They're one of the teeming thousands who used the Osage Trail to settle in southeast Kansas. The Bender family cut a distinct profile. Pa was a gorilla of a man. Very, very big. Ma, very hard-boned, not attractive. She was not a friendly character. John Jr. was peculiar. And he was constantly giggling. Most people thought he was kind of a halfwit. But there was one member of the family who stood apart from the others. Every description of Kate Bender is that she was beautiful. She was tall, she was thin, she had beautiful dark auburn hair, had an outgoing personality, very flirtatious men were almost immediately attracted to her. She was an instant sensation when she came into town. Somebody of Kate's beauty and charm in this desolate region was extremely rare. Though her beauty brought her fame, Kate quickly demonstrated that her talents were more than skin deep when she began advertising her skills as a spiritualist. Spiritualism was the belief or the practice of communicating with the spirits of the dead to receive some kind of messages of hope or comfort. 
people don't realize today it's been largely forgotten, but spiritualism was a major movement from the late 1840s through the 1870s, especially after the Civil War, when you had almost 700,000 men die, entire families wiped out. So Kate was using people's grief, people's bereavement to cash in. For a certain amount of money, I can find this for you, or I can communicate with your dead aunt. Was she really? Probably not. Kate had more to offer her mostly male clientele than just communication with the dead. In the 19th century, individuals who did not have actual medical training advertised themselves as healers, and by the laying of hands on an individual could cure them of blindness, deafness, muteness, and other kinds of maladies. She said that she could mix up potions and medicines from local herbs and different ingredients that would heal just about anything. Kate's supposed special powers and sex appeal won her many admirers. But she always returned home to her family when the day was through. The benders were very, very close, especially when it came to Kate and John Jr. Rumors circulated that their actions when they were together were just a little off. They appeared to act more like lovers or husband and wife than you would see in a normal sibling relationship. It seemed there was more to the Bender family than met the eye, and the family's mystique only grew when they settled a remote patch along the Osage Trail. They're along the trail, and they built a home. From the outside of the cabin, it was normal looking, the time period and of the place. But the interior was a bit different from most other homesteads. The Benders wanted to go into business. They were forming an inn or a traveler's place to lay. Paw hung a sheet of canvas across the center of the cabin, dividing the Bender side with the traveler's side. It seemed very, very normal. However, it was anything but. What's interesting about where they built their inn is that it couldn't be seen from the trail. Now, if you're operating an inn and a store for travelers, it seems just a bit unusual that you wouldn't want to be seen from the trail itself. The other thing that was peculiar about the house was that John and Pa uh, dug a hole in the kitchen floor and built a very small little cellar in the earth there, and then they covered it up with a trap door that you pulled up with a leather handle. Usually you would have a cold cellar for perishables with a door outside that led underneath the house, but in this case, they had a door that opened in the kitchen that dropped several feet down into the cellar. This was completely opposite of how it was normally done, but the Benders had their own plan. The Bender Tavern is now open for business, but their customers will get more than they bargained for. Once Kate gave the signal, then everything that happened inside the cabin was just about to change. In every family business, everyone has their job to do. 
only in this case, the family business was murder. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Not long after the Civil War, the Bender family moved to Kansas and opened a tavern along the Osage Trail. The average person coming by would think that it was actually a nice homestead. But way out on the open plains, things are seldom what they seem. The cabin was close enough to town so that Kate could operate her business as a spiritualist. But the house was far enough out there so that they could do whatever they wanted. And they didn't have to worry about anybody watching them. As the winter thaws, the Benders begin advertising their services as a safe haven from the dangers of the Osage Trail. As you're traveling along the trail and in rural Kansas, back in the 1870s, the services were few and far between. 
The bender traveling in was a place to get a warm meal and a place to sleep in the comfort of home. Because that particular area had the Osage Trail running through it, highwaymen in particular loved to haunt the trails. That trail and any other where you had immigrants who were moving westward, those immigrants would carry their lifelong savings, everything that they owned, in preparation for setting up a new life. And so those highwaymen, they'd hide in the bushes just waiting for you to come by, and they'd just kill you not knowing what you had. And even though the Osage Indians had been moved, they were still here and they weren't always friendly. The tavern seemed to offer a safe place, a sanctuary for that traveler. And only the unluckiest customers will receive the house specialty. One of the travelers who came to the Bender Tavern not long after the family had set up there was a man named W.F. McCrotty. And uh, he was, like so many other travelers at the time, carrying quite a bit of money with him as he was heading west. He was getting ready to start a new life. Come on in. Well, McCrotty came inside, asked for some food, and Kate directed him to a table to sit down, steering him right to his seat. Because the seat he found himself in was facing the doorway, but with that canvas curtain running along behind him. William, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Have to excuse me, I'm helping my mother to dinner. Which I think for anyone would have been a little unnerving. Help yourself to anything. My mother will be out soon with some stew. Eager to make a positive impression on their first guest. McCrady receives the royal treatment. Is your wife meeting you out here later? Mom was the kitchen, cooking dinner and serving the coffee and making sure the traveler had everything they needed. You're not married? No, ma'am. Kate engaged him during the meal, trying to find out more about him and why he was traveling through on the Osage Trail. So what brings you this way? Are you out here visiting some family? Kate discovers that there's much about McCrady to be admired. Kate was in tune with how prosperous men looked. She could size up a man without asking him too many questions. No, ma'am, all business right now. Was this a man who was going to be buying a new home? Was he going to be buying a parcel of land? Was he delivering money to a relative? These were all things that were key to her plan. To, uh, expand my cattle ranch. That's going to be expensive. How are you going to pay for that? No, McCrady keeps talking, and Kate is certain he's just what the family is looking for. What he did not realize, behind the curtain, Pa waited with hammer in hand. Well, I have a cattle ranch back east, so Interesting. money's not an issue. Once Kate gave the signal, well, then everything that happened inside the cabin was just about to change. Having received the signal, Paul crept out very quietly. With McCrady's back to Paul, the hammer came down, and he was rendered unconscious. Kate walked around the back of the table, grabbed his hair, exposing his neck, and took the knife and plunged it deep into his neck. After Kate delivers the coup de grace, the entire family emerges from the shadows. Once McCrady was 
dead in a pool of blood on the floor of the family, descended in a feeding frenzy onto his body. Everything of wealth was stripped away. In every family business, everyone has their job to do. Only in this case, the family business was murder. The plan had gone like clockwork. Now the benders have a body to dispose of. They dropped the body into the cellar, and John went out back and dug a hole. Pa and John together pulled the body up out of the cellar, dragged it out back, threw it in the hole, and covered it up. It was only hours after McCrowdy had arrived, and there was no evidence that he'd ever been there. The Benders have used their carefully modified tavern and isolated location to their advantage, and their motivation is money. It was such a well-executed plan that you had to think maybe they'd done it before. For all we know, this is just a continuation of a program that had been going on for years. There was no reason for the Benders to think they couldn't get away with it again and again. The brutal killing of W.F. McCrady was the first step in turning the Bender family's little tavern on the prairie into a murderous gold mine. The body's hidden. Nobody knows that he came by. They've got his money. And what would stop them from doing it again? The family had worked together to pull off the murder without a hitch, and they're poised to make a killing. Did the Benders commit the perfect crime? At least in their eyes, they had. As the weather warms, a steady stream of travelers heads west along the Osage Trail. In those days, people would come out to the prairie with two or $3,000, which was a lot of money in 1870s. And they would come out and buy property, lumber, cattle, buy all kinds of things to homestead a piece of property. The Benders know that the only way they can continue the true family business is to avoid detection. So they all agree upon a sound course of action. The Benders came up with a strict code of who made a good victim. It had to be a loner, it had to be a person with affluence, and it had to be a person that no one was going to miss right away. And Southeast Kansas is the ideal setting for a crime spree. The time and place was perfect for this kind of operation because it was not infrequent for travelers to disappear on their way west. Things happened. There was illness, there was weather, bandits, and there were Indians. Who would suspect Kate Bender in her pretty dress? With their family code firmly in place, it's open season on the vulnerable travelers. Now, do you have any family? Please help yourself to some bread. As the summer progressed, more and more travelers were along the trail, and more and more people began to disappear. And each and every time, each and every bender plays their role to perfection. Kate gave the nod of approval. Paul pulled back the curtain, hit him with the hammer. Kate slit his throat. Altogether, they searched the body for money. The men dragged the body into the cellar. John dug the grave. The men buried it. And they all got to spend the money. 
This was as bloody and as brutal as you could get. Yes, they were killing for profit, but after a while, it had to have stopped being all about the profit and started being about the murders. You've got perhaps some sort of genetic thing that's running through the family that's making them sociopathic. And then you've got this need for survival, which is putting all of that sociopathy into action. A perfect storm of nature and nurture, creating a house of carnage. The Benders murder victim after victim, and no one in nearby Cherryvale suspects a thing. They weren't just good at this because they knew who to kill. They were good because they had restraint. They knew who not to kill. That's exciting. Where are you from? If a guy was going to be missed right away, they laid off of him. If a guy didn't have any money, they didn't bother to kill him. But Kate Bender doesn't always get her man. Another interesting victim of the Benders was a man named Henry McKenzie. When he came through the area, he was spied by Kate Bender, who was very, very well-dressed. So the whole outfit is custom-made, including those beautiful boots? He had on a brand-new Stetson hat. He had good leather boots. You can't find that anywhere in Kansas. It's very nice to meet you, Henry. Well, there's nothing quite like it. Determining that this was another perfect victim, she gives Pa the signal He crushes the skull, and Kate is immediately on top of him. As the family begins to tear the clothes off, he has no money. This well-dressed man had in his pocket 40 cents. Kate is incensed. She takes the knife and she begins to stab him over and over and over again. The one-room cabin serves as a home for the family and a slaughterhouse for the unlucky. The Benders are a little different than your normal average psychopathic killers. Um, you've got four of them living together, feeding off each other, and killing in unison as a team. If four people living in close proximity to one another, they carried out these heinous murders in the same place they lived. So they lived with the specter of death hanging about them every single day. The walls of the cellar were covered with blood and rotting flesh. You have to wonder about their off time when they're not killing people, what are they doing? They're literally living in a crime scene. Cabin fever is real. That is going to aggravate any mental problems those people had in the first place. Just like everything else, Kate shines above the rest. The leader of the family was undoubtedly Kate. She was the mastermind behind this situation. It's almost as if she had a, a separate personality that she could just box up when she walked into that tavern and became this evil woman who preyed on travelers. Kate Bender's mind 
should have been preserved so that we could study it. How she compartmentalized the way she did is astounding. She's still working as a healer. She's working as a spiritualist. On the other hand, she was this monster. There is no end in sight, but this family's insatiable appetite for destruction can't stay hidden forever. Not only were bodies piling up behind the Bender house, but reports of missing persons were starting to pile up in Kansas. It's this very reason that Dr. William York will come knocking. Dr. William York, a local physician, went out in search of his friend, George Lonchar, who had been missing for two weeks. He'd headed out on the Osage Trail and hadn't arrived at his destination. So Dr. York decided to retrace his steps and try to track him down or at least discover what had happened to him. So he began traveling along the trail, stopping at homes and farms and taverns and settlements, asking questions. As usual, Kate answers the door and welcomes Dr. York in. So I was hoping I could ask you a couple of questions about a friend of mine, George Launcher. And as Kate began to speak with him, she realized his line of questioning was extremely intense. He was describing his friend. Very sorry, that doesn't sound good. He knew that he had been through the area. 70 pounds. He was traveling with this horse. York had been given information in the town of Cherryvale that he had stopped possibly at the Bender location. Unlike so many other travelers that came to the Bender Tavern, Dr. York was someone who was going to bring a lot of trouble to the Benders if word got out that he suspected them of something. Dr. York just seemed to be too much of a liability to the Benders. And it was at that point that a decision had to be made. The Benders know what they have to do. Despite the code the family had developed of single individuals who would not be missed, Kate gave the signal. This was a murder of silence. This was to silence York and make him go away. The execution of Dr. York goes as smoothly as the others. But this time, the cover-up may prove impossible. The Benders might have gotten away with it forever if they had just maintained the restraint that they'd had at the beginning. They got sloppy. They broke all their rules, and they killed someone who would be missed. Dr. William York was not the typical victim that they usually had preyed on. He was a well-known and distinguished man who turned out to be the wrong victim for the Benders. There's more than one York, and the Benders will soon have to deal with the other. Dr. York had a brother, Colonel York. Colonel York was attached to the military post in the town of Fort Scott. When Dr. York doesn't return, Colonel York decides that he's going to go out there himself and find out what's going on. He sets out alone on the Osage Trail. Colonel York began searching for his brother, going from place to place, speaking to different people at different farms, looking for any trace of what happened to his brother. And the last place he ended up was at the Benders. Like his brother before him, 
he walks up to the tavern and knocks on the door. Good afternoon, ma'am. Was wondering if you've had any male visitors here recently. Kate answered, and he asked her if they had seen him, gave a description, described what he'd been wearing, the saddle that it was on its horse even. And Kate hadn't seen a thing. Come in from outside of the cold. However, something about the benders doesn't sit right with the good colonel. The way they answered his questions, something about what they seemed to know that they weren't telling, kept him outside of the house, which was probably for the best because it was at that point that he happened to look over and noticed a saddle that distinctly belonged to his brother. He realized very quickly that his brother had met his demise here. And he knew he needed to leave immediately. Kate tried to entice Colonel York into the cabin, but he wouldn't budge. Have a good evening. Perhaps stunned by this, they just let him go. Colonel York races back to Cherryvale. He will soon return, and this time, he'll have backup. Colonel York and the men of Cherryvale mounted up and headed back to the Bender property. When they arrived, guns were ready. And if need be, they would shoot their way in and out of the Bender place to find Colonel York's brother. The posse breaks into the tavern and makes an unexpected discovery. They found the Bender property desolate, devoid of life. There was half-eaten food still on plates on the table. There were still cups of coffee that had been poured, still pots and pans on the stove. The telltale signs of the family business are all around. Inside the cabin, they found two bloody hammers, and Kate's knife was found inside a clock on the wall. They see some blood splatter, but it isn't until they open up the trap door to the cellar. That they realize that what they're dealing with here is a, a butcher shop for people. And outside is where the real horror is found. Colonel York finds a plot of earth that's recently been disturbed and orders his men to start digging there. Dig here. Some of the men had brought along metal rods that they shoved into the ground. And as they pulled the rods out of the ground, they found rotten flesh and decayed clothing on the ends of it. They find a body that's face down. There's blood and and dirt congealed to the face. And at first, they can't tell who it is. But they, they wash the face off, and, and Colonel York sees that it's the body of his brother. There's no doubt Dr. York met his end at the hands of the Benders. Colonel York walked out onto the property, and he looked out toward the apple orchard and realized what he was looking at. The mounds of freshly turned dirt out there. So the digging continues, 
and they find seven or eight bodies that first night, some of them too decomposed to be recognizable. They found a total of 11 complete bodies. In addition, they found numerous body parts. A mass grave had been discovered, but the biggest problem was that the family was on the loose and there might be more victims to come. As the property is excavated, evidence shows that the benders were more depraved than anyone ever imagined. Among the remains was found the body of a small girl who had no injuries more severe than a broken arm. They know she was buried alive because there was no brutality to the body and she had dirt under her fingernails from trying to get out. That's just beyond any understanding. Once the remains of the victims are all collected, a full criminal investigation begins. In their own crude version of CSI, the crime scene was roped off. Evidence was collected, the hammers and the knife, all of which still had blood on them. From the parts and pieces they found, it suggested that at least 20 people had probably been buried out there, and maybe more. One of the interesting things about this case is that it occurred at the early days of photography. So we actually have photos of men digging behind the house, of the house itself, of the murder weapons. Something that we wouldn't have if the murders had occurred 10 years earlier. Now that the evidence has been collected, justice must be served and a large-scale manhunt is launched. The community of Cherryvale almost overnight is thrown into a sense of panic and worry. Where were the benders? Would they come back? Search parties are sent out. This isn't the age of radioing ahead. Posses are put out looking across the countryside for a family that has as much as a day and a half head start. They would stop in small towns and question individuals. Had they seen them? If they had, what direction had they gone? But no one has seen or heard from the bloody benders. Obviously, the benders knew how to move about. They knew how to conceal themselves. They knew how to move undetected. And for the posse, they are at a clear disadvantage. Desperate for an arrest, the highest Kansas officials get involved. The state's reaction was that they immediately put up a reward for anybody who could capture the benders. The state put up $2,000, and Colonel York added $1,000 of his own money. The gruesome tales of the bloody benders soon hit the national stage. The reach for this story, you know, Cherryville, Kansas, small town USA, became instant national media. The photos were out, and the stories were out, and the fact that the family was still missing made Cherryville a large spot on the map to New York and Chicago and the larger media. With all eyes on the case and the reward money, tips pour in from all around the country. Sketches of the family are distributed. They are run in newspapers all over the Midwest and the Central Plains. 
and we begin to have Bender sightings taking place. Missouri, Arkansas, Texas, Michigan, they're all over the country. We have Bender sightings popping up. Some leads are more promising than others. Two women were arrested in Michigan, and the people who arrested them were so sure it was the Benders that they sent them back to Kansas to be tried. When 16 people were brought in to identify the two women who had known the Benders, half of them said it was them, half of them said it wasn't, and a couple weren't sure. There were not enough people who could positively identify them as being the actual Ma Bender and Kate Bender. So eventually, they were let go. Months of searching produces no conclusive leads or any hint of the family. There were hundreds of people looking, but they had just vanished. The Bender case went cold. With no sign of the Benders, the cabin they left behind becomes a destination for the morbid and the curious. Times really haven't changed a lot since the 1870s. And back then, like now, people were fascinated with the stories of heinous murder and serial killers. More than 3,000 people showed up on the Bender property just to get a look. Everybody wanted a piece. Everybody wanted a souvenir. Eventually, they took so many souvenirs and completely dismantled the house so people could take home a little bit of history. As the investigation dwindles, Tales of vigilante justice begin to swirl around Kansas. There were stories about how the Benders were caught. There were a lot of posses who claimed that they caught up with the Benders and executed them on the spot. But not everyone is convinced the Benders ever met a bloody end. In 1912, a Los Angeles Times article was published and a gentleman living in a quiet little LA neighborhood claimed that his next door neighbor, an elderly woman who had just passed, confided in him in the weeks before her death that she indeed was the notorious Kate Bender. Whether this is true, we'll never be able to corroborate. Um, Anything that had belonged in that home is gone, but it's interesting to think that Kate may have ended up living her days in a quiet little California neighborhood in LA To the very end, if that is true, Kate controlled the message and was manipulating the communication and the story to the very end. No matter their fate, the Bender family lingers in the minds of everyone who passes along the Osage Trail. For a lot of people in Southeast Kansas for many years, the Benders were sort of the boogeyman. They were the monster under the bed. They killed a lot of people. Nobody knew if they were ever coming back. And I don't think that a lot of people in the area slept very well for a very long time after that. Even today, the Bender crimes remain a chilling reminder of the evil that can occur when one family goes horribly wrong. The entire area was never completely excavated, even today. It's still open farmland. There could still be Bender victims out there on the Kansas prairie, but we'll probably never know. The Bloody Benders continue to fascinate and terrify. I think one of the things that makes this case so important in American criminal history is the fact that they killed just as many people as some of the most famous serial killers in history, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy. But what makes it different is those guys got caught. 
the Benders never did. We don't have to exaggerate. You don't have to make it bigger than they were. This is a family who did some really bad things. Tell the truth and it's bad enough. I think that we'll always be talking about the first serial killing family. To this day, no arrest has been made in connection to the Cherryvale murders. Historians continue to work on a positive identification of the Los Angeles woman who gave the deathbed confession in 1912. Whether or not it was Kate Bender remains a mystery. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.